his glory and grace. There's grace again. And the uh, Lord, you know, I have you in my prayer circle. I tell you that different times because the Lord told me to. And the last probably month or so, and the, one of the things I pray for is his grace on, in my circle of prayer, his grace. You're still in my circle of prayer too, by the way. Yeah, I better be. <laughs> but but the, what he's been adding is receiving of that grace. Receiving of that grace. It is there, it's unmerited, the receiving of it. And that, that we pray for America, that there may be a receiving of that blessing that's only by grace. Amen. So, we'll release the children to their classes and we'll release you to greet one another in the name of the Lord before we move on here, okay? And then, or before announcements. Okay, we will... There will be a fellowship meal after the service too, by the way. And we can continue our fellowship then. I know we like to fellowship, but well, actually, it's going to be meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and corn on the cob. That sounds like a good Fourth of July meal, doesn't it? And uh, I just want to mention, oh yeah, this here. Lowell Bryan is going to be 100 years old on the 7th, that's this Thursday. Wow. And so we've been just encouraging folks to get a birthday card for him, and he's been a part of this church since way back in the mid-1900s. And uh, uh, you may not know him, but he'd really like to receive a card, I'm sure. And so... Steve, there's uh, also a card where we've been having everyone sign their name oh. on one card, which we'll bring okay. to him on Thursday. Where is that at? Is that in the, in the entry. entry? Okay. Thanks. All right. Very good. So anyway, and the address for Lowell is in the announcements. You can get those and maybe probably on the screen as well, on the wall. So thank you, Lord. I was going to mention too, we're. Let's be praying for Sue Steinhorst. She fell this week and on Thursday and she broke, or at least she has a fracture in her ankle and her foot. So, Sue, I believe you're, you and Dave are watching the service online. We're, we're praying for you and for a quick healing for that ankle and foot. Um, next Sunday, we'll get a video report from Pastor Dean he has uh, started some treatment for what he's been dealing with, but I'm going to let him explain that. Um, and so we'll have a, a video report from him concerning that. And for tithes and offerings, we give them here. There's boxes in the back. And you can also do it by sending it to the church through the mail. And or you also could do it at our website. But Lord, we do thank you for your help and grace in the area of our finances as well.
And Lord, as we give, we give from a heart knowing that we trust you, Lord. You are our source, and we give realizing that and knowing it. And so we give thanks today as we give of our tithes and offerings as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll turn her back there. To amen. You. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Yeah. It's a joy to be with you again this morning. I miss all of you so much. Love you all. And uh, I know that uh, we're still family, even though there's a few miles that separate us. We, we still are part of the family of God, and that's one thing about his bloodline. It stays connected. Amen? It stays connected. Miles and time and, and all of that cannot change what God has put in our hearts for each other. And that's so very important. And I'll be talking a little bit more about the depth of his love a little later as we get going here this morning. But I wanted to open with a very familiar scripture, and often we go right to the heart of this passage and read it. But I backed up a few verses, and I want to look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7 this morning, and it should be up on the screen. Second Chronicles chapter 7, and beginning in the, the 12th verse, it's up there. Okay, there it is. Now, isn't that nice? I can read behind you now. So I'm not look, trying to look over your heads or anything, but it, we've got a screen up on the wall now. It says in uh, chapter 12 of 2 Chronicles 7, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, and here's what really jumped off the page at me today, I have heard your prayer. Look at that again. I have heard your prayer. As I was mentioning earlier about the overturning of Roe versus Wade, God was not absent in this process. He had not fallen asleep on the topic of abortion. He had heard the prayers of the people. He had heard the cries of the children. He had heard the cries of the moms that had gone through abortions and were haunted by the choices they made. And if you're here today and you've gone through that, you're forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen? You're forgiven. His grace that we sang about is greater than the decisions that we make, even when they're, they're terrible ones. His grace is enough. We sang that early in the worship time. His grace is enough. But the Lord said, I have heard your prayer, Solomon, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God is God. He is sovereign. Why he does some of the things he does, I will figure it out when I get there and see him face to face. John said it this way. He says, when we see him, we shall be like him. 
And it's at that moment that my questions will all be gone in life. All the wondering and all the whys are going to be vanished away in a moment. And I believe we're going to see him and we will know him and we will know at that moment exactly how he knows. We will see things exactly the way we, that he sees them. Paul said, now I look through a glass darkly or dimly and, and there's times, I don't know, especially when I've been working on my house, I'll come in at the end of the night and look in my mirror and my glasses are so dirty, I'm thinking... I remind myself of my dad. I used to get after him and say, you need to clean your glasses more. But you begin to get used to, in a sense, that rose color, that shaded, that darkness that kind of films over. And I think in America over the last 49 years, sad to say, and I'll be the first one to say it, you kind of get used to the fact that abortion was just there. And really, I have been convicted at many times about how sad that is as a believer that I could become kind of just matter-of-fact about it. It's there. It's part of life, it's part of society, but America really fell into the same trap that the children of Israel did when they were sacrificing their children. And when you think about the horrific school shootings and things that have happened over the last few decades here in America, I really feel like God has revealed his heart to me at those times about abortion and says, says to me that I witness that daily thousands and thousands and thousands of times as the very life that I placed in a womb is taken away. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and what? The life. The life. God is all about life. He's pro-life. He wants us to live life. He said, I want you to have life and have life more abundantly. And so don't ever question the fact that God is about life. He wants you to live. He doesn't want you to take up the rocking chair when you hit 62 and then just kind of get covered in dust before you die. I like the t-shirt that says, I'm going to go out of life with my tires squealing and dust flying. I want to do what God would have me to do till the end of the race. Amen? Till the end. But we have a tendency to become complacent as a nation. And I think that's where the Lord said, if I send the locust... He said, if I send the pestilence, we don't, we don't like to think of it that way, that God allows those things to happen in our life. He goes, but then if you will humble yourself and seek my face, pray and turn from the wicked ways, he said, then I will hear from heaven, I will heal your land. So there is always the grace. There's always the grace. Can, 
sometimes I can't imagine as a nation we have the blood of tens of millions of babies on our hands as a nation, the United States of America. And yet God's grace and his love has not wavered for us. I believe we're seeing some of the locusts, possibly. I believe we're seeing some of the pestilence, the division, the hatred, the anger that is out there for anyone. I was reading just this morning a few news articles about the protests that were taking place and artists and musicians saying, if you are for Roe versus Wade being overturned, I don't want you to come to my concerts. I don't want you to listen to my music. There's a rage coming from the heart of the enemy right now. It's not the, we can look at the people, but the root of it is from the heart of the enemy coming out. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he has heard our prayers? After 49 years, church, come on. And that he is healing the United States of America today. I can't wait to go to a parade tomorrow and stand on the corner and wave a flag of freedom. And if somebody is angry at me because of that flag and what it stands for and the freedom that it represents... I guess we're just going to have to love them in Jesus' name. Amen? But let's not turn back now. I love what Justice Thomas said. Oh, we've just begun. Amen? We've just begun to overturn some of the laws that should never have been touched by man's hand. Let's bring up verse 15. Now my eyes will be open. This is the Lord still speaking to Solomon. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there, how long? Forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Never changing, never leaving. God's heart, His eyes, His hand over us continually, continually. And today, I pray that our country would enjoy the victory that we have won through prayer, but that we would not, as Justice Thomas said, we would not become complacent now, but we would keep pressing on. I love that old song of the church, Onward Christian Soldiers. Remember that one, Pastor Steve? You do. You remember those old songs, don't you? Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus, going on before. And so today, I'm proud to be an American I'm glad God has blessed our country. If tomorrow all things were gone, I worked for all my life. 
And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank the Lord above To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Sing it with me and I'm proud to be an American Well, at least I know I'm free And I won't forget The man who died Who gave that right to me And I'd gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston New York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart And it's time to stand and say Let's stand as we sing this, come on! And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget The man who died Who gave that right to me and I'd gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Yes, I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free I won't forget the man who died who gave that right to me And I'd gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA I'm proud to be an American. You can be seated. Thank you for singing along with that song. My sister got to go over uh, and see Lee Greenwood a couple years ago as he did that song in concert. She got a picture taken with him, so she was pretty proud of that. But we are, once again, I know, proud to be Americans and proud to be free people in our country. John chapter 8 one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Word of God. John chapter 8, verse 36, simply. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And underneath that, when I wrote it down, I put in parentheses, Jesus. He's the one that said it. Whenever you make a statement that is that bold, you have to be willing to back it up. 
Jesus was the one that made that statement. He said, if the Son, speaking about himself, shall make you free, you will be free indeed. And I'm sure there was some confusion even within the disciples and especially within the church leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sanhedrin, and all of those that were judging him and were so radically against him. Their government reminds me a little bit of our government today. Do you agree? I don't want to get too political, but too bad. Pastor Steve can fire me. Oh, that's right. He didn't hire me, so he can't fire me. But we are not separated from making statements like that. Amen? We need to be able to make statements that are confident and bold and brought forth in love. Jesus really was saying, guys, listen, if you come to me for freedom, you'll find freedom like you have never experienced in your life. You'll find love like you've never experienced. You'll find joy. You'll find peace. If you'll just trust me for your freedom. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, verse, I believe it was 28, 29, he said, Come unto me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden. And if you look that word up, the heavy laden portion means overburdened with ceremony and religious tradition. I hate it when I get religious. I just hate it. Religion is keeping a bunch of rules and regulations. That's all it is. It's like driving a car and all you are worried about is keeping your hands at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. If the speed limit's 55, you drive 54. You never cross double red lines or yellow lines. They don't have red ones. Never run red lights. Danny got after me this morning. Dad, you went through a red light? I said, well, it was just turning, son. I had to get through the intersection. So They always call you out, don't they, your kids? I told him, go ahead and do what you were doing. But religion is a bunch of rules and regulations that become burdensome, and they wear you down, and they make you tired. But relationship is about knowing that, you know what? Sometimes I'm going to go over 55. Sometimes I'm going to drive with my, my uh, knee while I'm eating a sandwich and tuning the radio. I have to tell you a story. I used to umpire a lot in Black Duck. I loved the school in Black Duck and grew up umpiring all of the pomp kids and other kids, and basketball, and football, and baseball. I was coming home from a baseball game one day, and it was in the middle of May, a beautiful, sunny Friday afternoon. It was probably close to 7 o'clock, and I was coming south on Highway 71, 
And before I knew it, I had lights flashing in my rearview mirror. So I pulled over to the side of the road. And a policeman walks up. It was an unmarked car, and I had met him. He was going north on 71, and I had met him. And he comes up to me, and he goes, uh, I see your driver's license. And he took it out, and he kind of smirked. I noticed when he looked at my driver's license. I thought, well, that can be good, and that can be bad. He goes, where are you, in, where are you going in such a hurry, Mr. Dudley? I said, oh, we were just umpiring a baseball game, and we were laughing and not paying attention. And he said, well, you were driving 70 in a 55. I said, yeah, probably so. I said, I wasn't watching very close. And then he said, he, he kind of looked at me funny, and he goes, do you find it hard to drive without your hands on the steering wheel? And I said, well, uh, he goes, what were you clapping about anyway? We were making fun of the coach, and we were in the car clapping and waving our hands. And I said, well, I'm a pretty good driver with my left knee. I said, I can hold it on the road really good with my left knee. Now he's just shaking his head. And he starts to walk back to his squad car, and he took about two steps, and he walks back, and he goes, uh, by the way, why aren't you wearing your seatbelts tonight? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I guess I'm going for the trifecta. I wanted all three, you know. I wanted speeding, reckless driving, no seatbelt. I wanted them all. The guy that was working the game with me, he was giggling out loud. I mean, he's busting a gut. He goes, this is going to cost you about six, seven hundred bucks. And he was loving it because he had just gotten a ticket for rolling gently through a stop sign. So he said, you're finally going to get it. I had never had a ticket before, Gus. I'd, not that I hadn't deserved them, but I had never had a ticket. He walked back up to the truck, and he looked, and he goes, here's your driver's license. Go on home, Kent. Have a good weekend. Now my partner that was reffing with me was mad as a hornet. He goes, how come you never get a ticket? Why can you do all these things? And never, I said, I don't know. I said, maybe it's just the attitude. I, I smiled and laughed and just said, you know, I'm a good driver with my knee. I think he liked that. I think that was the one that got me off. But, but rules, his grace was there. I had broken all the rules pretty much. I, I didn't leave too many of them undone that day. But his grace allowed me to continue on down the path. Now, I'm not telling you young people here to use your knee as you drive and not pay attention, but um, moms are going, <laughs> wish you'd have skipped that story. But. but the freedom we find in Christ is so amazing and so remarkable. I heard this song probably about 15 years ago. How many of you older people remember the Statler brothers that sang, the quartet? Would they sing for 40, 50 years together? And once the group had retired from touring and traveling, Jimmy Fortune, their lead singer, went on and really started a very successful gospel career. But he wrote this song. And it's called, I Believe. When I see 
the sunrise in the morning when I feel the wind blow across my face when I hear the sound of children playing I know it's all of God's amazing grace and I believe there's a place called heaven I believe in a place called Calvary today give the Lord a good clap amen whom the son has set free is free indeed when I die I'm not going to be handed a ticket because the 
highway patrolman between Bemidji and Black Ducks, not the only one with grace. And God probably has a glove compartment full of tickets that he could give to me. But when he looks at them, they're all going to be washed away. Amen? By the precious blood of his son. And they're going to be gone. And he's going to look at me and say, these were paid. They were not free. And they certainly were not cheap. But they are paid for you. And you can come in. You can come in. I didn't give you this verse, but if you could look up the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7 is where I'd like to start. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7 through 17. And I'll be closing with this scripture today. I think about the men and the women and the families that gave all for our freedom in our country. I'm still glad that we have Memorial Day, we have Flag Day, we have the 4th of July, we have Veterans Day in our country. I'm missing some probably, but those are at least, excuse me, four days where we honor those that have served, those that have fallen, gave the ultimate sacrifice. Sometimes as I've read through this scripture, this portion of scripture over the years, I've, I've read it from a perspective of me bearing fruit, that I need to stay connected to the vine and then I will bear fruit. And that's, that's part of it. But as I was reading through it this week, I realized I had missed a big part of what Jesus was talking about in this scripture. And if you have that, John chapter 15, verse 7, if you could put that up. John chapter 15, verse 7. We'll start there. He said, if you abide in me, and and what I want you to do as we read through these few scriptures, I want you to think about one word, love. And not only the fact that Jesus loves us, we know that. But I believe the only true way we can fulfill these scriptures is if we, in return are filled with his love, and we love others. You can't just have a full tank in your car. I mean, you can. Let me put it that way. You, you can just have a full tank of gas, put it in the garage, and you never get anywhere, right? So you can receive the love of God and, and have the love of God and partake in the love of God, but that doesn't mean that you are necessarily pouring out and distributing and allowing, we shouldn't have to make it happen. When I hang around Doug and Abby and Rod and Susan and even Sari, I feel the love of God. I don't have to ask them if they love me. It kind of oozes out, not like a pus, not a bad thing. But the love of God just pours, Amen. When you're around somebody who really understands the cycle of love, 
that you don't just hold on to it. You don't just say, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And into my house and I'll lock the door. That's where I'm going to go. That's, that's too often what we do as Christians. But as I read this portion of Scripture, and go ahead and bring that back up, look at it from love. John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, you can just keep bringing them up. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So here's where I always got hung up thinking, well, here's, how do I bear fruit? I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. Kind of back to keeping the laws. I got to drive at 10 and 2, and I got to keep the speed right here, and I got to do this. But he said, this is how you will be my disciples. Verse 9 goes on to say, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. So what? Abide in my love. So it is important that we abide there, that we stay there. But these things I have spoken unto you, that you may, that my joy might be in you, and that your joy will be full. As the Father loved me, also love you. Abide in my love. Then the next verse says, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment. I want to pause right there. This is my commandment. And I believe this is where Kent Dudley has fallen short too often. That you love one another as I have loved you. You see, we're not going to have a bunch of fruit. We might have a lot of busyness and we might have a lot of ministry stuff going on. But I don't think we're going to be fruitful unless we truly know how to love one another. Now, I don't know about you, Pastor Steve, but I'm not perfect. You're pretty close. Joyce is going, oh, no, she, he ain't. She's pulling out a grocery list of things. No. But no matter how we strive, we still have flaws. I'm glad my wife... Chantel, I'm so glad you look past my flaws and my stupidity, and you still love me. I'm glad that Danny didn't hold it against me that I ran through the red light. He didn't say, okay, stop the truck. I'm out of here. No more. Not riding with you anymore, Dad. You're a lawless, crazy driver. But we need to really examine this thing called love. And not the Hollywood version that's basically lust or an emotion or a feeling, but where we really can look at each other and, and love one another for who we are and who we're not. And I guess from the scriptures we just read, the only way to do that is to really abide in Christ. 
Just last week, I was sitting and I thought, the whole year before Mathis died, so pretty much the whole year of 2019, this, this theme, God was just drilling into me. Because for some reason, I've always struggled with the fact that he loves me. Just kind of like that cop that day. He just shook his head and he just said, go on home. He loves me. And I don't know if the policeman loved me so much, but his action was one of grace. But I really struggled personally just always being more of a performer, trying to jump through the right hoops. If I do this and do this and do this and do this, then God will. Or if I do enough in the church, then Pastor Steve will really love me. That's, that's not accurate. For that whole year, God was focusing on my heart saying, I want you just to dive into the fact that you are loved. Because he said, only when you do that are you able to give it away. You can't give it unless you can see it that way and receive it that way. I think about the men. As we continue on, I want to go a couple more verses here. Verse 13, I believe it is. 12 once again says, this is my commandment that you love one another. And then he said this amazing verse in verse 13, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. There's no greater husbands. Take a minute to look at you. You can tell your wife you love her until you're blue in the face. And it's all just words until you show her. Until she sees that you lay down your life for her. And that she knows you really wanted to go fishing. But you went to the boutique with her instead. That's love. That's sacrificial love. It ain't funny, man. I've done it. That's called dying to self. But I have found out one thing, that my wife could go in 75 gift shops and touch everything in the store. And she didn't buy any of it, and she left smiling. I said, why are you so happy you didn't get anything? I had missed the experience. But all of a sudden, I started going with her to the gift shops. Do you know why, Joyce? Because I liked her. And I loved her. And I loved just being with her. And I found out we would start laughing and goofing around. And we started becoming the best of friends. And part of it was in the gift shops. You see, there's a lot of ways to lay down your life. I know when I'm so tired I can hardly walk, and Danny says, Come on, Dad, let's go shoot baskets. That I have a choice to make. 
Am I going to tell him that, no, I can't do it. I'm, did you look at me? I'm getting old. Leave me alone. But I find out when I say, sure, son, let's go, and I'll race you out there. And then as soon as he's done, Vontae comes dragging out a baseball bat, and then I have to play baseball for 30 minutes with him. And as soon as he's done, Ryan says, Dad, side-by-side ride? At least I get to sit down for that one. And yet when I go in the house after that, I feel refreshed and full because we lay down our life. And I find when I lay down my life for others, all of a sudden, they're laying down their life for me. They're doing things that I didn't expect them to do. I remember talking with my father-in-law. He confided in me one day. He's a Vietnam veteran of some of the awful things he saw and had to experience and go through in Vietnam. His heart was broken. He's, it was 45 years after the fact. They gave a lot for our freedom in this country. It was the 4th of July weekend about 12 years ago. Chantel and I had ridden our horses in a parade at Debs, Minnesota. You grew up near Debs, didn't you, up in that area? Pinewood or, yeah? It's, Debs is a suburb, isn't it, of Pinewood? Something like that. But we rode in the parade and we did all the typical 4th of July things. We came home and had a cookout, and had our family over and laughed and, and celebrated our freedom. And that night it started to rain in the evening and it was a heaviness because there had been a special ops helicopter with 30 men in Iraq that had just been shot down like two days before the 4th. And I thought about those families, that that night, the 4th of July, meant something completely different than hot dogs and barbecue, watermelon, fireworks. They were grieving the loss of their loved one. And I wanted to share a song with you that I wrote that night. I sat down and I wrote this song. It's called The Flag of This Land. This song is dedicated to every mom and dad, to every wife, every husband, every child who had to say goodbye to their soldier, never to see them alive again. They gave their lives so your children and mine could play in a park, so we could go to church on Sunday morning, so we could vote have freedom of speech, even carry a gun in this land we call the U.S. of A. Only 19 years of age, Mama kissed her boy goodbye. She never dreamt in a million years That her little boy would die 
gave his life in a foreign land To keep tyranny at bay His blood ran in the sand For you and me that day That's given to my family and me unto this banner of red, white, and blue. I will be true to the flag of this land. Now a widow has to tell her boy Daddy won't be coming home They stand beside a grave Where their memories are laid Now it's up to me and you Stand up for what is true For our country we must show pride As we honor those who died So we can live in the land Of the free and the brave It's a privilege that's given to my family and me unto this banner of the red, white, and blue. I will be true to the flag. We want to thank any veterans, military, if you're watching online, if you're here, we honor you. We thank you for your service. The families of those that have served, thank you. We appreciate your sacrifice as well. Above all, as we stand to close today, if you'd stand with me, please. Pastor Steve, did you want to close us in prayer? Would you do that? We're so grateful for our pastor. We love you, Pastor Steve. You, Joyce. 
appreciate you so much. Lord, we pray that we may stand in prayer for our nation and that we may stand for the truth, all truth that lines up with your word. We may stand strong. And we receive your grace to do it. And the things that Kent has been mentioning in our nation in this day, Lord, it seems like a mountainous thing, but that's what we felt with Roe versus Wade. But we do speak grace, grace to the mountain. And we know it's not by might or power of our own strength, but it's by your spirit the mountain will be removed, the mountains are removed. And so we receive anew of your grace for ourselves, personally, for our families, for our church, for this nation, Lord. We pray that grace, amazing, that blessing, unmerited, in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we want to remind you to stay for fellowship, a great meal. If anyone would like prayer, please come forward here and we'll pray with you before you go today. Thank you so much, Kent and team. Great job. God bless you all. Great word, anointing was here this morning, is here.